Hey ladies and gentlemen, this is David Benjamin, your host of the Healthy, Wild and Free podcast. In the 57th episode of the podcast today, I have a guest on the show who is really an overall all-around badass. He's an awesome human being who has uh, really created a huge impact and difference in the world of health and well-being and is bringing a fresh perspective, uh, multiple fresh perspectives really, to the health and wellness world uh, and the work that he's doing with documentary films, uh, his blog and his website, and the work that he's doing uh, with many health experts all across the energy, excuse me, not energy, industry, <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be lots of energy as well. Uh, today we have on the show uh, Pedram Shojai. He's an OMD and a man with many titles. He's the founder of Well.org, the editor of Be More Magazine, the author of Rise and Shine, the producer and director of the movie Vitality, and just recently released the film Origins, which we'll talk about today. Uh, and the free screening lasts, I believe, three more days, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and in his spare time, he's also a Taoist priest, a doctor of oriental medicine, a kung fu world traveler, a fierce global green warrior, an avid backpacker, a devout alchemist, a qigong master, and an old school Jedi biohacker. That's pretty ninja right there. Uh, working to preserve our natural world and wake us up to our full potential. Pedram, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad you're here, and I, it's it was interesting to see your film. Uh, I believe I saw it two days ago now, and I've uh, been talking about it and, and recommending it to friends. And uh, it's it's an interesting pr- perspective, you know, bringing evolution and uh, how we've evolved to the table. Um, but we'll get into that later. The first question I want to ask you that I really ask every guest on the show is, how did you get into the world of holistic health and wellness. I know your background is, uh, you know, studying biology at UCLA and kind of the traditional allopathic route, but what, what created a transition and shift within your, within your work that, uh, that caused you to, to go down a different path? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I was following that uh, protocol, you know, to a T. I, I you know, kind of got through high school, rank number one, got straight to UCLA, got uh, internships and in kind of uh, places that um, were illustrious and were was hanging out with some of the big name doctors um, at the time in the hospitals. And man, I just wasn't really happy with what I was seeing. I mean, there was a lot of people getting carted in, getting shot up with morphine and carted back out. And when I asked my attending. Um, uh, you know what it was that we we're going to do for these people, other than drug them. He said something that changed my life forever. He's like, I don't, I don't know if you know what we're doing here, but we're just trying to, you know, give them comfort and hope they don't die of, you know, ho- hope they die of natural causes before we end up killing them. But you know, we, we don't really got much for this. And um, it was just such a, a message, a gloomy message, where there was just no hope and no life in it. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking down the barrel of living your life, um, and you're miserable, and you're not doing anything that I think is very uh, you know, enthusiastic for me. So um, I'm going to go look elsewhere. And so I took my, my you know, bright young mind and started you know, learning Tai Chi and um, going after things that were filled with vitality and uh, Ended up in very different areas of the universe, and now I'm, you know, very close personal friends with some of the top medical doctors in the world. And there's a resurgence of, of functional medicine and things that are uh, really working to help people and fix the problem. But I, you know, I looked the broken healthcare system, you know, square in the eyes at a very young age and said, no, no, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. How, how did Tai Chi come about? I mean, that's not something. You don't turn on the TV one day and they're talking about <laughs> Tai Chi. 
Yeah, I mean, I was in the martial arts as a kid um, uh, already, and um, you know, I just started reading some books. And when I heard about Tai Chi and what it was, I mean, I grew up in the generation where we all just thought we were Jedi's, and so I um, said, "Yeah, that makes sense," and checked it out. You know, within the first hour, I was feeling energy between my palms, and and you know, that was it. <laughs> mm, <kind laughs> I was in hooked after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well. It's, you know, I always tell people, my students too, I said, I don't ask you to believe in chi. Just do these exercises and when you experience it, then we'll talk about it. But, you know, don't, don't do this based on belief. Do this on, on, on just uh, faith that other people have had results with it. And, you know, when you have results, great. If you don't have results, then move on. Mm -hmm. um, and most people come around saying, whoa, what was that? I said, okay, great. Now we have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. It seems like within, you know, I, I did some research before this interview on the work that you do and uh, listened to a few interviews that you've done before. And the thing I like about the work that you do is that you have, you practice a lot of, you have a lot of different practices that you engage in in your life personally, Tai Chi, Qigong, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm not sure, I'm, you meditate, I would assume, considering. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all these different practices that have to do with being, you know, and I think in, in today's world, this fast-paced uh, microwave society, if you will, uh, we get very caught up in the doing of things, you know, doing this, doing that, biohacking this, or uh, whatever it may be, and sometimes the intangible uh, practices such as Tai Chi, meditation, uh, you know, the uh, martial arts and, and kind of engaging in, in willpower practices have so much tangible benefits, but because they're intangible in the sense of, you know, uh, eat this food or take this supplement, we sometimes detach from that uh, end benefit. So I think, you know, with, with the work that you do and teaching people to be well and bringing awareness to this, uh, you shine light on, on practices that are intangible, that have tangible benefits. Can you speak a bit on that and how that has impacted your life directly and why these practices are important to you beyond the, the, the obvious, you know, kind of tangible, eat healthy, exercise kind of basic things. Yeah, I think that there's, and, and I thank you for asking that question because, you know, it's really easy to kind of skim the surface in this universe, right? Um, and the, you know, the, the truth is there's this amazing, magical universe of which we are part, of which we are part of that fabric and we have this entanglement in this just mystery of mysteries that is so beautiful and so profound that, you know, sometimes you'll get it listening to a stream, sometimes you'll get it closing your eyes and contemplating your navel, and sometimes you'll get it looking in, the child, in, a, in a child's eyes, right? And it's just, it takes us to this other place that's nowhere other than here except that we are kind of outside of phase syncing on that because we've gotten so distracted and so loud and just so discombobulated in, in modern living that we forget to check in with the essence of who we are. And so, you know, one of my, one of my favorite uh, thought leaders in that space was uh, Ramana Maharshi, whose, you know, entire premise of his work was, you know, when, when you ask who am I, the question is, you know, who, who just asked that question and who's this I? And who's this person in this inquiry and who's, who's saying that, right? And you just keep digging further and further into the identity of who we really are. And once you get past all the facades and storefronts and, uh, you know, uh, artificial constructs uh, of trying to 
determine who we are based on a definition. I mean, look, uh, you know, look at my, my generation, right? I grew up in you know, Southern California, Los Angeles area. And, you know, at the time, it's, you're either making a proclamation that you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, right? And so here you are at the ripe age of 17 trying to, you know, all you're worried about is like girls and cars. And you're starting to have to make decisions that impact the rest of your life based on who you say you're going to be instead of taking some time to figure out who that is, right? So the orientation of our society gets us to make artifices and, and storefronts to pretend who we think we ought to be, and then we have to bolster that. No wonder people have midlife crises, you know? No wonder people are on all this anxiety medication. It's like we're all pretending to be someone we think we need to be for everyone else who's also pretending, and it's all just a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, and it's interesting too because I, I I love Wayne Dyer's work and one of the things he talks about is you know you are not what you do and I think sometimes we get so attached to what we do it becomes our title our identity our you know we we just think we are that you know, people introduce themselves I'm so and so and this is what I do it's like mm -hmm. that's that's our base core level uh, of who we are when it's really not uh, but it is interesting though because I think. For me in my work, and I'd I'd, I'd ask you this question too. It seems like over time, as I do work that is more closely aligned with you know truth, authenticity, and uh, holistic harmony within my life, you know, mind, body, spirit work. Uh, my work is more aligned with who I am, and my work becomes a part of me, and it, be, it just becomes it's it's closer it's connected in a closer way than it was before when i was doing something uh that felt you know feeble or meaningless or uh you know just just to earn a paycheck you know so uh, has that shifted in you at all i know obviously you know like you you mentioned uh you know you you came from the traditional medical world and, and transi transitioning into uh you know more of a holistic preventative uh world is definitely a shift you know and it, and it takes some some trust and some uh some uh, faith, you know, to, to do that. So how, how did that shift occur for you and what different uh, shifts occurred for you and your thought process to make that jump? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times it comes as, you know, a, a bolt of lightning, right? And you having to really part ways from the algorithm that you had fallen into, the, the, dreary, the dreary trance of, you know, your future to come. And, you know, here I am, you know, ranked number one in my high school, straight into UCLA, you know, going to be a doctor, you know, immigrant parents who were totally stoked, you know, had had really, you know, foregone a lot of things so that their kids could have a better life. And now this idiot says he wants to study Tai Chi and, and you know, and go off and meditate. Uh, you know, so there was a lot of conflict there, um, uh, you know, and parents who love you, who are, you know, wanting nothing but the best for you saying, what kind of idiotic decision is that? Right, and so you really have to individuate. You really have to figure out where your heart is, and then uh, really understand that whatever you do in life, so long as you're excellent at it, success will come. Right? I didn't make the Origins movie uh, for the money. I made the Origins movie because it was the right thing to do, and now it's sharing like crazy, and you know, and money won't be an object, and that's how I've treated everything in life. But there is a bit of a leap of faith there, right? Where doing the right thing is hard, but that's where the hero's journey starts, right? And I think that there's something very powerful in that because it, it allows for that that cultivation of gnosis when 
you go against the grain, uh, but then you kind of uh, establish parameters there so that, you know, obviously you're not living off the street, uh, but you are, uh, you know, heading in a direction that, that makes you happy. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I watch stumbling around the world today that are sitting there taking five-hour energy drinks or, you know, their third stop into Starbucks today, um, just trying to power themselves through yet another day because really on the inside they're bored, they're tired, they're frustrated, and they, they have lived an unfulfilled life. And they might be driving a Porsche, but none of that matters and they're not happy and they're just picking up their stupid dry cleaning and moving to, you know, the next phase of their day. And it's just, it's, it's not rewarding because they didn't follow their dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think anyone got a Porsche and said, oh, finally, I'm fulfilled. It just, totally. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't work that way. Uh, yeah, but a lot of people buy into that crap until they get there and realize that now they're, you know, on Ambien and, you know, Lexapro and 50 other things because what they thought was the formula for success and happiness ended up just being a lonely life with a car that is sitting in traffic with all the other cars. Right. Yeah. Trading, trading uh, time and stress for money and then using that money to hopefully buy their health back at the end of their life. Uh, it's a great point. And, and so let's talk a bit about uh, your, your films. You know, Vitality was your first film and then Origins was your most recent film. Can you talk about both of those films and the progression of the films that you're working on? Yeah, you know, Vitality was kind of a, it, it was a foregone conclusion uh, based on the direction I was in. You know, I found, and you know, I was, I became president of a pretty large medical group and, you know, pretty successful business and run around with kind of high rollers in that space and just a disgusting space. When you get to the top of it, you realize that people become cases and, you know, it's all about being able to drive more revenue from insurance and getting more procedural stuff. And I'm sitting here scratching my head saying, this is nonsense. This isn't why I got into medicine. This is sick care, right? And, and as I started to tweak around the algorithms in our clinical model to really reflect the, the principles that, you know, would keep people healthy, I realized that I was working pretty aggressively to put myself out of business because the money is in sickness. And so I realized that, you know, I had worked my, my way up to the top of the wrong game and then got more into corporate wellness and consulting and trying to teach people how to prevent illness and prevent the millions and billions of dollars that are being wasted on healthcare costs daily. Um, and uh, I realized I couldn't do that in the capacity of, you know, being the CEO of a, a medical corporation because, you know, I'd be working against the best interest of that corporation. So I said, well, it's not about the profits, it's about the people, so I'm out. And what I started doing is, you know, doing a lot of consulting and lecturing. And, you know, it turns out most people get better when they clean up their lifestyle. Period, right? And so I just I found myself repeating myself over and over again. And so what I did was I created a meta um, structure, like a superstructure of vitality, sitting in the middle of diet, exercise, sleep, and mindset, and created a model around that that made it easy for people to understand, you know, where true health comes from. And that became the basis of the Vitality movie. And, you know, it was a 54-minute movie. It wasn't designed to be like a feature-length film or any of that. But it was designed to help people find their way out. And it, and it did really well. It's on Netflix and it's, you know, doing, you know, what it's doing out there. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, I started to go, okay, wow, this film thing is pretty cool. What, what can I say that 
I uh, you know can feel good about and help people with, and that was the birth of Origins. And you know, given the fact that my background was you know as a Taoist priest and and a, and, a, <laughs> and a doctor of Oriental medicine and all these things, it took me a while to figure out how to make films. Um, you know, so Vitality was an okay film, um, and Origins is beautiful because I brought on uh, you know wonderful director and brought on you know professionals who know what the hell they're doing, and <laughs> and and I've gotten better at it. And so you know, the world loves Origins. It's doing really well out there. There because it is a it is a beautiful movie that carries a very positive message. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So with within these films, your your aim was to what what was your aim with with these films? Uh, to help people wake up to the dreary trance that they've been kind of pushed into, which is you know oh listen you know these things are bigger than you, especially with origins, right? Uh, these these things are bigger than you. These things are going to happen despite you. You know the, the Monsantos of the world are um, absolutely you know uh, taking control, and there's nothing we can do about it. And all these types of things that are just kind of fatalistic trances, and and they're completely wrong. I mean, it's all Wizard of Oz nonsense. Uh, you know, when we can change the way we shop we can change the way we direct our abundance and our flow and so you know the, the very lobbyists that are convincing our elected officials to vote against our best interest are being paid by companies that we're supporting financially so if you change the way you move your money around if you look at your investment vehicles and realize that they're investing in companies that are doing things that you wouldn't approve of across the planet and just redirect your resources and vote with your money, uh, the world starts to change in front of you in a pretty powerful way. And so that became a very powerful message in Origins because we really tied personal health with planetary health and got to the point where we are now looking at how every single one of us can consume stuff, whatever that stuff is, in either a conscious or an unconscious way, and one way is going to lead to a really bright, beautiful future, and the other is going to lead us down this road of, you know, mercury in the water and and air pollution and you know increased levels of you know every disease out there now and 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 infertility and all the things that we're seeing, and so we're either looking down the barrel of a really ugly scenario if we keep being the automaton, you know, stampeding drones that are stomping on each other on on our way into Walmart on Black Friday, or we just stop the nonsense and wake up to what we can do individually right here and right now to be a part of the solution and not part of that mess. Right. I agree completely. You mentioned an interesting point. You said planetary health and personal health. Can you speak a bit about planetary health, what you mean by that, and how that connects directly to our personal health? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it turns out that these billions of pounds of chemicals that are being dumped into our ecosystem on a daily basis are starting to really impact uh, our rhizosphere, our gut microbiome, uh, our mitochondria and their ability to help generate energy. They're starting to overload our detoxification systems. Uh, they're starting to really, really make us sick and render us infertile. Um, these are the same chemicals that are doing the same stuff to the birds, the bees, the animals. Um, they're polluting the rivers and they are you know, killing the oceans. And so life as we know it is having a hard time right now 
Uh, and it'll bounce back. The question is whether it'll bounce back with us or without us, right? But we are putting a lot of things that nature doesn't recognize as nature into the biosphere. And they are not just harming us, but they're harming all of the life around us. And, and as we start to see a collapse in some of those systems, uh, there are catastrophic consequences that we can avert now but if we keep going down this ridiculous road of, you know, replacing nature with genetically modified stock that is somehow better, uh, because obviously some chemist in some place that we don't know, you know, knows better, um, we, we, we end up going down a road that is really uh, uh, potentially leading us down to an extinction event. Um, and I, for one, have a little baby, and I don't want that to be his future, right? I, I, you know, there's a future that we all can share together. Um, that's beautiful, or we could really slip down that slippery slope of letting um, these sociopath crazy people uh, direct the flow of our future. And I, I for one, won't have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, it's interesting, too, because the I think we often forget that, you know, Mother Earth is a living, breathing organi organism, and, and we, in our own lives, we, we displace things where... Uh, you know, we have, we're very, I guess you could say, disorganized in our mind, body, and spirit. And it seems like our reflection of our own lives and our own stress and our own uh, confusion or internal disharmony is just a, reflecting itself in our earth and in, in, in what we do uh, in, uh, in and on the planet. So uh, I think there's definitely a direct correlation there. And I think to ignore that or to kind of bypass it is is really ignorant because when you start to look at everything like you mentioned the rivers the lakes the the farmland the runoff the soil uh degrading i mean all these different things there's so much uh going downhill or it be becoming uh affected by the by the actions of of really a few people or a few mega corporations so uh, it makes a lot of sense to to be aware of that and to, like you said, direct your purchases and your dollars towards, uh, you know, what what will actually create a positive change. Um, in in your in your film Origins, you you start the journey in Africa and uh, you really go through. Uh, you kind of start at our primal roots, our very native primal uh, caveman roots, uh, and and that was something. Uh, that's interesting because when you look at society and how domesticated we are and how uh, sort of uh, how we evolved to be sort of a, a, a frail, weak human species, uh, it's really interesting to look back and, and see that whole process and journey. And it's like you see those images on Facebook of the caveman who turns into like an overweight McDonald's eating, you know, <laughs> guy. It's, it's kind of it just reminds you of that. Uh, can you talk a bit about how we have quote-unquote, evolved in a way that has harmed us and what what different practices and things we can do to engage in and, and rewild ourselves to bring, uh, to give us that life and vitality that we have uh, seemed to lost along the way. Yeah, I mean, if you think about how we evolved or developed over, you know, these hundreds of thousands of years, right? I mean, let's, I'm not going to even go to the creation argument because that happened a long, long before any of that, right? Uh, if, that, if that's the case, it's still, you know, there's this place called Earth that we all have lived in, and there's this thing called nature that we've uh, evolved around consuming and interacting with. 
And there's this wonderful, wonderful communication system between the bacteria and the cells of our body and our ability to know self from other that has been really pure and, and connected with these living biosphere systems for millennia. And so all of a sudden, in the course of the last three generations, we really got happy about chemistry. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a Luddite. I mean, chemistry's done a lot of wonderful things for us, right? But we've introduced so many chemicals that have really been untested uh, against what they do in the human body and in the ecosystem. Uh, and the body, when it has, you know, the way the, the immunology of the body works is the body will scan and basically, you know, determine things to be either friend or foe. Right. And if you're a friend, then you get absorbed and you come in, you come in the castle walls and, you know, grate your food or, you know, your whatever you are, your information and we'll take care of it. But if you're foe, then all of a sudden you start to develop antibodies and the body says, hey, this is this is not supposed to be here. Attack. And so as more and more of the foods have been modified, the body is having a hard time recognizing them. As more and more chemicals have worked their way into our bodies, the body's like, look, I don't know what to do with this. And so either it creates an auto, autoimmune reaction, which makes us sick, it uh, is able to excrete it, which is like happy days, right? Or it says, I don't even know, how, I don't even know what this is, so I'm going to store it in the fat or I'm going to store it in the bone, I'm going to store it somewhere because this thing is reckless and we can't have it cruising around on the streets, i.e. our, our blood. Um, so we're just going to insulate and lock it up somewhere. And it causes all kinds of inflammation and free radical damage and all the things that um, people go to the doctor for today. So there's this enormous, enormous amount of evidence that's now coming out pointing to all this and saying, uh-oh, what have we done? And the people who start simply eating things that come from the earth, nature, um, they start feeling better, right? For the most part, by and large, if you go back to eating food that resembles what your great-grandparents knew as food, suddenly a lot of these random and commonly occurring chronic diseases that are filling up our hospitals and filling up our doctor's offices and costing us billions and billions of dollars start to get better and in a lot of cases start to just go away. And so, you know, it's you know, we don't have all the answers, but we know that it's probably a good idea to stick with what the body recognizes as food and start from there. Mm -hmm. that, that's definitely one of the the main changes that has occurred over time. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible how obviously genetically modified foods, uh, foods have been hybridized and, and changed in so many different ways that they don't even look nutritionally like they used to. Uh, and, and you talk a bit about in your work about wild foods and, and the benefits of wild foods. Uh, what are wild foods and, and are there any left and where do you get them? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, look, the difference between I have an organic garden in my backyard and it's, you know, wonderful heirloom seeds and it's, you know, it's food that we're cultivating and um, you know, it's delicious and it's good for you. Is it wild? No, technically no. I mean, I'm gardening it. Is it the closest thing uh, to that I can get right now in suburban California? Yeah, I'll take it. You know, but in the old days, you'd be cruising around and you'd see an herb or, you know, a, a plant that was consumable. You'd eat it. 
Um, and you, if you were so inclined, you'd see a deer that um, you know was was looking like uh, you know maybe it was a little older or weaker, and you'd be able to get it and eat it. And all of these things were in nature all around us, and we were able to um, you know nourish ourselves. And 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 the wild plants have been attacked by bugs. The wild plants have had a few cold winters, right? And the wild plants have developed all sorts of resilience and resistance to all of the signals that are coming from nature. And every time they've done so, they've developed these chemicals that we call phytonutrients um, as a byproduct. And it turns out that those phytonutrients are incredibly nutritious and healthy for us as living species, and so consuming wild plants um, is uh, much healthier. And so, the closest you can get to a, a, a plant or animal species that has existed on the land and has lived as a natural animal or plant would have, um, you know, historically, the chances are you're going to get much more nutrition and, uh, you know, obviously much less toxicity out of them. So it's definitely the gold standard. Now, can everyone go out there and start foraging for food? No, those days are kind of over. So what's our best bet is, you know, organic farming, biodynamic farming, permaculture, home gardening, and all the things that, you know, are mentioned in the movie that can really turn things around uh, pretty rapidly for, you know, modern urban or suburban people. And if you're, you know, living out in the sticks and growing your food anyways, then, you know, you can just go ahead and nod to this. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you uh, forage for wild foods at all yourself? Yeah, I mean, I'm a Taoist herbalist, right? And so, you know, I, my, my grandmaster in my lineage, you know, one of the things he taught me very early on was usually within 100 feet of where you're standing, there's some plant that can help you with whatever you're ailing with, if you understand how to recognize that. Mm -hmm. So there's this immense treasure we have in information and medicine and food that grows out of the earth all around us and if we weren't so busy trying to cover it with asphalt and concrete and, you know, um, all the things that we do in modern society and, and, and learn to just coexist with life a little better, um, the life around us is here and is supporting our life. And all of a sudden, we're wondering why we're getting so sick. So it's really a call to action to, to just really hold nature by the hand and walk in balance with our technology and our growth. Uh, you know, I'm not saying everyone should throw on a buckskin and, and, you know, disappear into the woods. Um, you know, the woods would be a pretty crowded place with <laughs> six, seven billion of us here, right? But finding a balance is really the question of our generation and how we're going to go about doing that is going to determine what life's going to look like, you know, in the next 50 to 100 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think wild foods have tremendous value. It's funny. I, I didn't really know much about wild foods several years ago, and then I found some of David Wolf's work, and then I... Uh, just started learning about them and I realized oh you can eat this flower and this red sumac berry that grows all in the Midwest is great for tea and uh, you know this fruit called pawpaw that's kind of like the northern graviola fruit and it's kind of cool once you start looking into it and discovering you can just be driving down the highway or in a park or anywhere really and say oh I know what that is it's edible and you can just go grab it and bring it home so it's kind of cool once you know what wild foods are edible and you can actually incorporate those into your life, it's obviously not going to be, uh, you know, 100% of your diet because there's just not enough and you need more diversity than probably what is what is locally wild, wildly available. But it's kind of cool and it's nice to know that uh, and, you know, it's just fun. So uh, let's talk a bit about movement because, you you, you know, it's, it's something that you, obviously food has 
or plants and food has uh, evolved, quote unquote, once again, uh, in a in a in a unique way. Uh, the human species has evolved in a way to become more sterile, more uh, once again domesticated, and really not move like we were meant to. We sit at desks all day and and all these different types of things. So, uh, in the work that you do, how important is movement, and what practices? do you engage in and recommend to keep the body moving and why is movement so important overall? Well, look, we come from movement. Uh, you know, when we were out in Africa cruising around for hours and hours a day, I mean, all you're doing is moving and when you're not moving, you're happily not moving, right? But you're not on a sofa just kind of like parked up and, and in that middle ground for hours and hours either. And so, I mean, I'm a martial artist. Um, Kung Fu literally means hard work and you know, the more you get into your body, the more you can wiggle your toes and the more you can understand the, the dynamics of your own uh, inner organism. It's this, this human body is just an amazing, amazing machine and there's so much that we are um, distancing ourselves from by making life too easy, by bolstering ourselves up with furniture, by, you know, sitting for hours and hours a day. These are not part of our genetic legacy. And so suddenly we're in this uh, position where we've stagnated and we're moving so much considerably less than we did, at, uh, than our ancestors did, that we're starting to see, you know, increased morbidity and, uh, and all kinds of disease processes that are blossoming from that. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I go bouldering up creeks. I go, you know, backpacking, you know, hundreds of miles. I, you know, do Kung Fu and Tai Chi and yoga and dynamic movements. And, you know, I go to the park and sprint around with the dogs and do handstands and push-ups and, you know, and, and bear crawls and, and move around like my ancestors would have. And it brings me to life. Right, and so I'm not uh, I'm not down for the linear stuff. I'm not down for running hundreds of miles in a row in some sort of like long distance thing that you know just punishes the body. I'm not down for you know how much you can bench press. You know, it's it's about full body movement. It's about explosive movement, and it's about what our bodies evolved to do, which is get in and out of crisis situations and or get in and out of positions where you can acquire food. Uh, readily because you can burst and and react in a, in a much more agile way and you know we spend a lot of time sitting on the ground we spend a lot of time holding ourselves up with our core and and having our hips open because we're on the floor and so we've we've really custom created an environment that makes it so easy and you know and my, my good buddy Abel James talks about this a lot right is is really working on your environment so that you don't let your body fall into that lazy place, right? It's like hacking your environment in a way that allows for you to constantly be using your body and waking up your senses and waking up the sensory motor strip in your brain and all sorts of cool stuff that happens when you move around like we have evolved to and the stagnation is literally, literally killing us. It's horrible for us and you know, the more I can get people to move, the more I can bring them to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's, I, I saw something not too long ago about new research showing that sitting is, is basically like smoking cigarettes or something along those lines. Uh, it, it's, it's really kind of, uh, it's easy in today's world. And I'm glad you mentioned that too. You, you touched on something there I think is really important, and I'll call it wild movement. Our anatomy is obviously important, and because our anatomy has been sort of compressed over time through the environments that we live in and the, the work that we do and, and so on and so forth, what, 
what specific exercises and movements, and you mentioned a few, uh, help to kind of be an extension of our anatomy so that it's not putting our bodies into compromising positions uh, that may cause injury or, uh, you know, just imbalances within our physical body? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I would say that you should always look to start from the ground up. Um, I've been looking at a lot of this research uh, with kids that have learning disorders and uh, behavioral disorders and all kinds of stuff where they went from you know baby to bouncer or walking and they, they, they kind of leaped over the stage where they GI crawl and kind of drag themselves on the ground and then go to the kind of cross crawl crawling and then you know sitting up and holding themselves up uh, naturally on the floor and so the more we've moved off the floor the less our brains have kind of fired and wired in the ways that um, are healthy and balanced and so we're seeing behavioral disorders, ADD, ADHD, all sorts of things getting rectified with kids just crawling around. So I would say get on the floor and start GI crawling, like creeping across the ground. Like get that cross crawl where the left hand matches the right knee and vice versa. And then start doing some like bear crawls and then sitting on the floor and stretching. And, well, you know, I've, the more I've gotten into this stuff and, you know, I've been around the block um, is I really I start everyone on the ground so they could work on their core their flexibility and then their cross crawl and then getting into more dynamic exercises from there and as your capacity increases and you could plank and you could push up and all these things correctly you start to get stronger and more explosive and you're all wired up because what happens in you know look and you know this is this is a guy that that was buttering his bread in the sick care model right is all these guys that are weekend warriors like you're working some sort of tax job and then on the weekends you go run 20 miles or you play football with the guys and you know it's and it's just these weekend warriors are just killing themselves and the orthopedic offices are just they're loving it because surgeries make great money uh, but it's not a healthy way to make a living because you could prevent so much of this stuff by just getting some f- flexibility getting you know getting the body to fire correctly and getting you know the the left right disharmonies and all these types of things that I see in patients uh, uh, all over I mean patients uh, from all walks of life because we sit so much in our desks or our cars and all these things that you know we've been subjected to now in modern life is our bodies just don't fire correctly and then we get up and we want to play basketball like we did when we were 18 right and you know, this is not shoulder, gonna happen it's just not gonna happen or it's you know yeah. it's gonna be ugly and you might even feel you might even had like an amazing day out there but then you're icing and you're hurting for a week and that's right. just it's just an inappropriate way of getting back in after being so stagnant so you know i just uh, you know we've gotten rid of most of the furniture i have standing desks in my office for well.org and we sit on the floor Mm-hmm. And my staff, you know, kind of, you know, moaned and groaned about it a little bit. Like, you know, we didn't make it a requirement. I mean, it's still, I got a guy that sits at a desk every day. But most of our guys are just, you know, kind of cruising around um, and, you know, either sitting cross-legged on the floor or at a standing desk station. And there's just a lot more life in this place. And and that's the way, you know, you got to practice what you preach. That's That's how we roll because... You know, I know the research and I know that, um, you know, I would be harming people by letting them sit in desks all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you make a great point too. The the primal movements of our ancestors were very uh, str- strength and stretching oriented. So it increased flexibility and strength simultaneously, which uh, really increases strength and, and really prevents in, uh, injury. And, and like you mentioned on the basketball court, I've 
been on the basketball court multiple times and seen, you know, someone who's 50 or even, you know, in their 40s and they just, you know, they hurt their ankle and, you know, you just kind of, you see that kind of stuff all the time. If you go to the gym, it's very common and it's not, it's not because, it's because of, you know, what, like you said, weekend warriors. Uh, and it, it is really interesting once you start to look into anatomy and postural rejuvenation and all these different things, how, how incredibly awry we've gone to these different things. I mean, I was, you know, everything from toe posture to knees and back and sleep posture and, you know, uh, bowel movement posture, the list goes on and on. It's incredible how unprimal and how, you know, how in a sense uh, fake the human species has become. So it's really interesting once you start to look at it. And I think you make some really good points on that, uh, on that front. And it, it makes a lot of sense to, um, to do those things uh, within, you know, what you do, you, you know, martial arts and, and qigong and, and things like that. Uh, do you find that those practices help you in in your physical body as well as as other areas of your life, or is that what, what? Why do you practice these things, and what are the tangible benefits that you receive? Sure, I mean, I um, you know, I can't mention any names because I have had a lot of very very elite top level pro athletes. Um, secretly come to me wanting to learn qigong <laughs> um and really? their their and their performance has um drastically improved and so you know i was i was kind of like the secret weapon to to many of these people for a while and you know it's one of these things where i'm just like you know i'm happy to teach whatever but you can see their hand eye coordination improve you could see their agility improve you could see their resilience you could see their explo- explosive nature and so yeah i've i've been kind of like the the best kept secret in some of those circles for a long time and i just don't have time to do that anymore so i got all these guys trying to throw money at me and i just don't have time for it but it's one of those things where it's like yeah if you could integrate mind, body, spirit, connect your breath with your movement, connect every movement with your core, and connect your core with your breath, magical things start to happen. And that's why these little five foot four Chinese guys could kick ass, right? Is is because you know it doesn't matter how big you are, it matters how you move, it matters how you deliver power. So there's there's a tremendous, tremendous amount of uh benefit that comes from these practices and you know there's people out there you know teaching them every day so you know i would say if you're a pro athlete you don't get into like you know cage fighting and all this kind of like animalistic places that the martial arts have gone because that's you know really really uprooting it from the the origins of what it is and you know i don't train martial arts to get in there and pound on someone's face because i'm angry right and a lot of people do (laughs) right right it's It's a good point Right. And so, but, but, you know, I'll tell you some of the nicest people I've met in my life are martial artists because they work out their anger versus, you know, some of the most arrogant people I've met in my life are are famous yoga people who are better than now. And, you know, I just look at them and go, dude, you really don't understand yoga, I guess. (laughs) It's supposed to soften your ego, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's just a very powerful vehicle for kind of channeling anger and frustration and making you a more complete human being. I just think that it's taken a dark turn, um, you know, and turned, you know, some well-intentioned people into gladiators. And that's not, that's not where I think the, the, the real beauty of the arts are. And I'd like to see that start to come back towards more tradition and, and respect and, and, and the deeper things that, that are kind of the basis of the martial arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. It's, it's another uh, American spin on something that has, uh, has had value in the past and it's become 
you know, an industry, a huge industry at that too. So, um, well, you know, within your work, you know, the, the, the film's Vitality Origins, uh, it's something that, what I like about it is throughout the progression of your films, you bring awareness to these different understandings, you know, of, of Mother Earth and uh, the, the both planetary and personal health and the connection between the two. Uh, and, and helping people break out of and break free from what may be causing them to be suppressed and uh, not able to express their full potential and their health and well-being. And I think that's a very powerful combination, you know, and, it, you know, it's, it's use a, not a martial arts term, but a boxing, you know, one-two punch, uh, bringing awareness and then empowering people to... Uh, create that shift and change in their life where they take action and they see progress and growth and evolution personally and that's really what I believe changes the world is that those you know those two very simple steps and, and helping more people find those those two steps so you know within the work that you do I, I heard that you're creating uh, another another two films I believe and then even a TV show or in a book or, or something like that can you can you speak about what's coming next and and uh, the progression of, of the work that you do and, and how you believe uh, that th what the next step is, I guess, from from uh, Vitality Origins and beyond. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've got two movies planned for next year. Um, i got a TV show with Abel James. i got another TV show with Sarah Gottfried that we're in pre-production on. Um, I just signed a deal with a, a very nice uh, reputable and awesome partnered uh, book publisher, which we'll announce um, uh, after Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, we, as part of that project, I'm going to travel the world, going to the the kind of living lineage monasteries that still got it, and doing um, a, a project that you know. I'm sorry, I hate to be cryptic about it, but doing a project that I'll announce a little later um, that involves monasteries around the world and and people in our cities that are that are kind of holding that down. Um, and so that's one of our projects. Another one is about our homes and how we live, and looking at you know. Um, uh, the health and the toxicity inside of our homes and really looking at this quantified self movement because there's companies clamoring to get into our homes right now and everyone wants it except the people who live in the homes because it's just like Jesus stop following me everywhere right and so we're really kind of looking at the future of tech in how we live and privacy in a lot of these issues in a, in a really kind of provocative film uh, that's also you know being filmed next year um, and you know there's a lot of big players involved in that and so yeah I mean yeah, I'm, I'm going after big topics uh, big subjects and things that are worth talking about um, because you know we don't have time to waste and uh, you know the world is our oyster and it's our opportunity right now to really transform this into the beautiful future that we would all elect versus letting you know some sociopathic narcissistic you know monsters um, drive the direction of the planet because the good people of the world just want to go home and be with their families the good people of the world actually have to snap out of that wake up and understand that the world's going to get pulled out from under them and they need to do something about it and where they spend their energy and their mind mind time and their money makes uh, a, an enormous difference mm -hmm. for sure so w with that being said where where and how have you do you recommend people vote with their dollars what changes tangible changes can they make starting today yeah, I mean, look, we vote for a president every four years. Uh, we vote for Congress every two years. Uh, we vote for companies that we support 10 to 15 times a day with our credit cards, right? And so 
where are you spending your money? I mean, is, is that coffee coming from a fair trade organic source or are they clear cutting rainforest for it? Um, are you buying food that's, that's, you know, coming from feed lots that are, you know, slaughtering animals that have been fed antibiotics and treated poorly? Or are you eating, you know, a grass fed, happy free range animal or, or better yet, are you eating vegetable based protein and, and, you know, not contributing to all the methane that comes from animal farming. Right. And so there's a lot of places to go. I mean, your average woman eats 10, you know, swallows 10 pounds of lipstick in her lifetime, which is filled with lead. And, you know, I, I, I encourage any, anyone who's listening to this to, to get a stick of lipstick and read the ingredients. And if you could pronounce them, I'd be very proud. And just know that that you know, in your lifetime, as, a, as a, usually a female, um, you're going to swallow ten pounds of that. So that, whatever that chemical makeup is on that you know stick of lipstick, do you think it's prudent to swallow ten pounds of that in the name of vanity? Um, and so these are the things that we need to do, right? Is we vote with our dollars towards our own health. And also, you know, like the, these, these new coffee makers, right? Someone brought us one the other day and it's like, oh, wow, this is really cool. You just put in a pod and you press a button and then you have coffee. That's cool. And then I started looking at the, the ecological footprint that those things leave. And they, I called up our guys that run uh, some of these MRFs and these recycling facilities and they say they're, the worst, they're like the worst thing that's happened to humanity because they can't sort it, they can't recycle it, and it just fills up landfills. So do I really need to use that stupid thing to get a cup of coffee in the morning? Or can I just put on a pot the old school way and not fill up a landfill? Mm-hmm. And every single decision I make along those lines is going to either help make the world a better place or help slide into this unconscious demise that, that we have you know, somehow fatalistically accepted. And I don't accept that. And you know, the, the millions of people that are you know, seeing our movies and, and, and kind of chiming in are also waking up to that. So you know, we're, we're unleashing a sleeping dragon. And you know, the, pe- the good people of the world are like, you know what, man, enough's enough. I will not contribute to this nonsense anymore. And that's really it. You know, this isn't my movement. This is, this is our children's 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 movement. And we're doing this for them. I agree 100%. I have one final question. Well, it was kind of a two-part question. What are the, the top few recommendations you would give our listener to uh, enhance and optimize their mind, body, spirit, and their health in their life to live a healthy, wild, and free life on a day-to-day basis? Top drink leverage points. Yeah, drink a lot of clean water, eat food that your great-grandparents would recognize as food, get out of that chair and move around and stand at your desk or sit on the floor and move around in a way that isn't going to kill you. If you're running and it hurts, stop doing it. Walk first. Um, and start spending your money, your dollars or wherever you're at, start spending your money on companies that have elected to do the right thing and pay a little bit of a premium and cut out the expenses that don't make any difference. I mean, I routinely have people say, well, I can't afford organic. And I'm like, well, you're paying $80 a month for cable TV, which is poisoning your brain with a bunch of nonsense. Cancel it. There's your vegetable budget. You know, so you, you vote and you elect with it. So look at where you're spending your money and pull it away from the garbage and put it into the good stuff and you'll start to see the world reflect that around you. Agreed, yeah. And not to mention the costs. It'll cost you long term if you continue eating TV dinners and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really an investment. It's an investment into yourself. And I always say all the time, an investment into your health is the best investment you can make because it determines how you operate and how you live and how you function and the quality of your life and the quantity of your life. So it's, 
you can't make a better financial investment than your health and well-being. And I think for people to understand that is, is very, very important because then they start to value and cherish themselves and 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 see themselves as a, as a very valid, <laughs> smart, smartest investment you can make. Uh, I have one final question for you, and it's a little bit off the cuff, but I, I'm just curious. Are there any inspirational movies beyond yours, or uh, not that yours are inspirational, but <laughs> just uh, inspirational films or music that you'd recommend uh, as sort of spiritual nourishment to our listeners? I'm just a geek, man. And so I'll tell you, you know, if I'm feeling like I need to bang the drums and kind of like pull myself up from, my, from the bootstraps, uh, there's nothing like the Lord of the Rings trilogy to get me going, right? It's like the, the classic hero's journey and, you know, going against, the, going against the, 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 the dark kind of, you know, elements out there that help us realize who we are and how mighty we are uh, and, and don't fall for the, the trickery that we're actually small and insignificant. So I really love that. I really love Avatar, you know, and I, and I, and I love the, the positive messaging that's working into some of the movies that are coming out. Um, there's, there's a lot of really uh, great movies. I, I love James Colhoun and Food Matters and those guys. Nick Polizzi did a great movie called The Sacred Science, which is phenomenal. Um, and so there's a lot happening in the sphere with good filmmakers that are stepping up and doing it. And, and, I, and I have a, uh, just one thing that I'd love to mention on the way out here is as we started launching this movie, um, I had a, a publicist that was, you know, trying to bang on doors in Hollywood to get some coverage, and they were like, "Sorry, we're, you know, we're doing, uh, you know, right now we're we're trying to screen all of the movies that had qualified for the Oscars, um, and so we can't give you the time of day uh, until this is all done." And I was like, "Okay, that's fine. We didn't bother going for an Oscar run because I don't have time for that. You know, my message needs to get out to the world now." And my PR gal turned around and was just like, "You know, here's the bitch of this whole thing is." I've worked for a lot of these movies and you know one of them that's in there right now and I promise you there's less than 300 people that have seen that movie. I mean we cannot get people into theaters to see these movies and these are the movies that this academy puts in front of people saying this is the greatest movie and da 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 and here I am working on a movie that in the first five days has 200,000 views and over 100,000 shares and is going completely viral on the internet and these people won't give me the time of day. What is happening here? Right, and so you know, I, I I invite our listeners to really question the gatekeeper model, from top down, from TV to radio to you know movies to all of it, and realize that there's just a few people gatekeeping information, trying to keep you away from things that you should hear, and putting things like the Kardashians in front of you, and that's where the power of podcasting, and the power of the internet, and the power of, of of this kind of resurgent new media is transforming the world. But you know, it's it's a renaissance that we're in, and so you know, a free internet is a very very important thing, and the net neutrality, and there's a lot of things out there that are worth fighting for and um, are really helping bring content like my movies and shows like yours out to the world. And um, it's an important time for people to pay attention and defend those rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think in the new world, the gatekeeper will not be necessary uh, with with the evolution of technology and, and social media. And, and, and it's funny, too, because you mentioned the Kardashians the other day. I, I, you know, Every once in a while, I'm on Facebook and I see the Kardashians post to my feed and I'm like, I don't know why I keep seeing their posts to my feed. I'm not a fan of their page. 
but it's just constantly in front of you, even if you're using social media and, you know, using, uh, for me, using social media to, you know, promote the podcast and create health content and things like that. So uh, it is, it's, it's definitely a valuable lesson to, to be left with, to be aware and, and to, and to kind of question things and, and, uh, you know, listen to your inner voice and, and know your inner truth. And I think that's, that's a very, very important message to and note to leave on. Uh, and for all the listeners, uh, the, the film, the origins film, I will link that up in the show notes. Like I said, it's a free screening for several, I think, I believe it's three more days or two, is it two more days or three more days? I think three more days. Okay. I don't know, man. It's been a blur. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I will link that uh, up in the show notes as well as on the blog uh, and uh, as well as well.org. Are there any other websites or social media profiles that our listeners can go to in order to see your work, share your work, and, and get the word out? Uh, I think I've done a pretty good job this year of consolidating all my universes into well.org. So that's probably the best place. If you go to well.org, you can see all the stuff that we do and webisodes and our, our podcast with Sarah Gottfried and just, just all the, just my universe is all at well.org. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Have an awesome rest of the day and uh, continue living healthy, well, and free. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care.